You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? Happy Monday. Kelsey Charles and Megan Murray here with Girls Talking Boys. Hello. What up, world? Just kidding. It's not another RJ crossover, I promise. Psych. <laughs> um, but we did have a crossover nonetheless, except this time with Barstool Sports. Um, Megan and I, obviously, we're women. I don't know if you realize that. You know, girls if, talking If boys. the name didn't give it away... Uh, hopefully our pro, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> we're not even going in, we're not diving into that. But, um, we love following other badass girls in sports. And we happen to have found an awesome one in Trista Crick with Barstool Sports. And she just so happens to be a massive Cowboys fan, you guys. So She knows her stuff. Dude, she really does. And it was so fun just catching up with her. Just a, in general, as, like, a girl, a woman in the industry and, like, talking, you know, shop. But also, yeah, like, she's out here, like, referencing. She's like, like yeah, like, Stefan Diggs, like, when he was, you know, going through his stuff with the Vikings, like, making analogies to her life. And I was like, yes, like, one of us. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that on a spiritual level. Truly. Uh, so we talked a lot about um, what she does at Barstool. Her thoughts, obviously we had to get her thoughts on the Dak situation and how that's going to play out. And then we flipped the switch full Drake style on her and had to do the lightning round, um, which is a segment she does in her current series. But in real girls talking boys fashion, it turned into more of a, wait, I have to tell you about something. (laughs) When she says that, she means Kelsey inserting some ridiculously... (laughs) It was, Unimportant narrative and story. I mean, that story was really funny, and I'm glad you told it. You're welcome for this content. <laughs> um, so without further ado, <laughs> Trista Crick with Barstool Sports. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop g pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop g pod wherever you get your podcasts all right and joining us now we have trista crick from barstool trista hello Hello, I'm so pumped to be here. Um, we're so pumped to have you. Big fans of your work, A, but also we are very well aware of the fact that you're a Cowboys fan, so it just made us love you would be more. You know, when you guys got the pod, yeah, cherry on top, when you guys got the pod, I was, I love blogging with the boys and 
when I heard about you two and two women talking about the Cowboys, I was like, just, just go ahead, succeed, be great. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, so we actually, we DM'd you from like one of our, I think it was RJ's maybe his account. And he showed me the screenshot because you knew about the show. And I was like, yes, she does. Yes, she knows <laughs> yeah. about girls talking boys. My girl. My gal. Um, okay, so Trista, you work at Barstool Sports. You previously had a stint. Um, you were with USA Today, which I have. Four years. Say. Yes. I kind of love, low-key love this story about how you got over to Barstool. Um, Nail us with that, if you will. Yeah, if you don't mind, because. I just, I relate so hard with it, I feel like already, because I was a journalism major. Um, anyways, I won't, I won't steal your platform for a minute, but yeah, tell us well, how no, you but what, what, what was in, what was intriguing about it to you though? So I just felt, I was trained in the traditional journalism sense, right? And yep. you wouldn't know by looking at my tweets because I forgot any and all things grammar and spelling. <laughs> so right. best believe that's, it's a damn shame that I, spent private school dollars to go <laughs> and forget what I learned. But You're wait, where did you go to, where did you go to school? I went to SMU. Okay, cool. Great school. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Awesome professors. God bless them for still following me on Twitter again <laughs> because of my grammar mishaps. But um, I'm doing, I do podcasts. So listen, we're still using the, the tactics, the skills, but I just, I loved it because I was like, I think that, um, you know, you hear this narrative a lot in journalism about how the world is changing and then you see people shifting away from print and how, you know, people, when I was going to school, it was back, backpack journalism where you should be able to be a one-man show, if you will. And I think you're seeing more and more of that. And it's less of like having a photographer with you while you're doing on-camera stuff and then having a full team, you have to be a little more self-sufficient. But then you also have this whole other slew of like internet bloggers. If you have access to the internet and you have access to, you know, whether it's Twitter or a blog, you can kind of be your own semblance of a journalist, if you will. And we're seeing the resurgence of that, or not even the resurgence, just the, the, yeah, you can drop things in the moment. Yeah. And, and so I, um, I think there's this battle kind of going on of people who are the traditional journalism folk mixed with the people who are like, Hey, you have to adapt. And like, we don't always have to be so AP style, like we can kind of color outside of the lines. And I think that's yeah. what Barstool does a really good job of. And I love oh, that yeah. about it. And I'm sure you experienced that. Like I, USA Today is great. Like I'm not, I'm not speaking poorly of them. I don't know what your experience was like that, but like, I just feel I've, I've seen, I've watched your work shift in your move over there. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels a <laughs> yeah. lot more like authentic to who you are. And yeah. me on this platform, I can relate to that because I can say things like I can, I just said, like, I think I just said, damn, like, and it, you know, like whatever, like, but I'm still talking sports and no one's taking me less seriously. I did clutch my pearls though when you said that. So. Yeah, I know. I saw you were shook. I don't, e I don't even think I noticed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, but if you were ever like, you would never write a story, a traditional, you know, with your lead and all that stuff. And you would never typically yeah. speak so like within colloquialisms. And so I just, that was kind of my thought when I, when I watched your journey and your transition. Yeah. So I think that's a perfect way of putting it is that you've got traditional journalism. And I was at USA Today for four years and primarily my role there was to be a host and to be a producer for video. And there's a big wall between writers and the video team. We would have writers come over and help us for video, but you know, mostly we were supplementing them. And if I wanted to write, that was a whole other ball game. I mean, I wrote my own scripts, but it was just a whole other thing. 
And I mean, you think about ellipses in, in print or in colloquialisms, like you said, or curse words, things that help to bring you closer to the audience. We're just never going to be okay in print and certainly never okay in video. And then you throw in opinion, which is also a no, no. Right. And which we all have opinions, especially if we're fans and fans that we're speaking to have opinions. Um, and so then that was a problem as well uh, on my own Twitter and even commentary on videos. Everything had to be super tight in terms of every point had to have research behind it. I couldn't just say something. Uh, and so I thought that it was a great experience learning what traditional journalism or big J journalism was like, but I always wanted to mix entertainment with, with information. And so having an audience and building an audience was something that just was simply very difficult at a place like a newspaper that happened to do video. And Barstool obviously has been booming in terms of finding a young millennial audience. And so I reached out to them and, uh, and spoke with the head of talent and spoke with one of the first employees there. And, and actually what I said to them was, this is like sort of, a, I don't know that I've said this publicly. They said, how are, how, I know, breaking news. How breaking is news. everything, how is everything going at USA Today? And I said, you know, it's, it's going really well. My team is, you know, quote unquote winning, if we want to talk about it as a football analogy. But I kind of feel like Stefan Diggs. Like, I feel like I have a Mike Zimmer offense. We want to run the ball. We want to play defense. But I'm a dynamic playmaker, and I can be anywhere on the field. But he, they only want me to run these routes, and they only want to get me the ball this often. And ultimately, I want to trade. And we saw what happened. And that was back in, that was back in I think, September, right before the start, or right as the start of the season was happening when all that news was, ha was coming out about Stefan and, and Kirk Cousins not getting along. And the first employee was like, are you a Vikings fan? And I was like, no, I just, I really resonate with that feeling, uh, that old school mindset and this new school player and how you can be at odds with your organization. And obviously Stefan ended up, you know, getting traded to the Bills, which I felt like some personal satisfaction towards um, when he got his- Foreshadowing, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Barstool is like the Bills Mafia. Of yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Kind of like, they don't no care. <laughs> if the Patriots didn't exist, Dave Portnoy and, and Barstool would be all Bills fans. 100%. Big Bills yeah. energy. <laughs> yeah, that big Bills, that big Bills energy. Exactly. So they, uh, I did an interview with Pat McAfee, and it was right around the time that it was during Radio Row when Dave. Portnoy snuck in to media night, epic. which epic obviously broke news. Everyone was talking about it. Anyone now he can't covered, go to Goodell's. Like, now he's, yeah, now he's banned. Yep. And has a lifelong thing with Goodell. And I knew they were going to find a reason why he couldn't go watch the game with him. Right. So you knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. Such a and we were, and we all were sort of waiting to see, like, what's the end result going to be? Like, are they going to share a room together? What's the problematic nature going to be of this? So after that happened, Pat McAfee, who had been connected, had a podcast on Barstool and had recently left, he and I met and I interviewed him. And so I told the head of talent at Barstool that I did this interview and that because they said, well, Dave needs to know that you're not 
big J journalist and how you're going to fit into this company. So I sent them that interview and I was covering the world series and they reached back out and said, Hey, Dave wants to meet you when the world series wraps up. Why don't you come in? And so I thought we were going to have lunch or coffee, something. And she said, he has a two hour live radio show. Why don't you come on that? And that'll be the last step. Wow. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, oh, no it was one of those like type and delete, type and delete, type and delete. Like she probably saw the little bubbles, you know, moving. And, and all I wrote back was, uh, sure, I'm in. And uh, she said, you know, the thing that you need to know is that Dave is one of those people who you have to be your complete casual self around. If you're putting up a guard and you're ultra professional like you would in any other job interview, he's going to see right through that. It's going to be very problematic for you. So I went into that thinking, like, I just need to be as loose as I can. And then he asked me why I didn't interview him on that radio row because he saw that Pat McAfee interview that I spoke about it. Hey, I was supposed to interview Dave, but some things ended up happening and it got shut down. And he asked me why. And I plainly said why it happened. And I mentioned my producer's name and that it blew up on Twitter as things happen to do. And then I told my producer who I was a friend. She's, she wasn't a boss. She was a friend of mine, but she was sort of a part of the decision-making team on the ground when we were there in Atlanta for the, for that Super Bowl. And she took big issue with it. She had a huge issue with Barstool because she's very traditional journalism. And that's what I said during that interview. It's like, hey, she's a great person, but had this, didn't want to give Barstool a platform, which was true. And it went up to legal. And they said that I, because I mentioned her via her first name, that I put her in danger. Oh. And I, I was let go uh, at USA Today that same day. And Barstool hired me that same day. Wow. I also yeah, want so to was, note how, how they said they don't want to give Barstool a platform. And I remember I was listening to Dave's comment. He was like, give, give me a platform. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like that's cute. Like, thank you, I think. <laughs> he owns all and the, the next. <laughs> and he was like, you know, USA Today, I remember he said, USA Today is like a squirt gun and we're a fire hose. <laughs> I remember being like, facts, facts though. So true. <laughs> But so yeah, we've been off and running ever since. And she, she wrote me that next day after I was fired, I hope it was worth it. And that was after I already got the job at Barstool and I, I didn't write back what I was thinking it was, was. So it's needless to say, you guys, you were friends, but you're not friends anymore. I think I was blocked. I'm blocked. Oh, oh. Hit me wow. with a big block. Yeah, yeah, big block energy. Big, that's, that feels a tad aggressive because like you said, you were just telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened. And we even got into a discussion when he was talking about the platform. I think if you have, if you listen to the interview, which it sounds like you have about just the difference between new journalism and old journalism. And if you, if you think about Barstool as a strictly a journalistic enterprise, which no one has ever said that they are, we're a comedy platform that talks about sports then yeah, you're going to be upset. You're going to think we're destroying democracy. Um, but if you think about it as entertainment and a real and a reality show and all the things that it is, it's so many things, right? They're selling liquor, they're selling merchandise. We're selling, you know, it's just, it's just so huge to wrap your arms around. 
there's really nothing to compare it to. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was just telling the truth. It was an unfortunate way to go out, but as things happened to, to happen, you know, it went out for the bang. So it, I mean, it is so huge. And I think the best thing about Barstool and platforms similar to it is that you can actually get to know people that are like creating content. Right. Yeah. So it's a lot more personal. And yeah. I think you definitely made the right choice. <laughs> I, mean, I think, I think, yeah, when you have a connection to the author or to the person that's creating it, you just feel that there's a level of engagement with those people that you don't get elsewhere where you see people who work for, I don't know, Fox or, or other like more journalistic enterprises with 10 times the amount of followers that some of us have. And they only get like three, three likes or four retweets. And it's because those people sort of passively care about what they have to say versus very vigilantly and uh, rabidly caring what the people that they follow have to say. Yeah. And your, your voice is like super um, refreshing to hear. So I'm glad that you're able to like actually speak out. And use what do you mean? I mean, just the way that you were able to like make that metaphor about Stefan Diggs was just like, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> like, <to laughs> Thank turn, you. Yeah, just to turn like a, a professional instance into like relate it back to football and uh, say it so pointedly, that's refreshing. I would say Thank you. for us, I know Meg and I were big PMT fans and that was like, mm. You know, intro to Barstool for sure, for sure. Like, I mean, we that's that's a regular in our rotation, and everyone always hears about Dave and everything. And I know Dave has definitely been in the news. He's always in the news, first of all, but recently, you know, there's been a lot of yeah. several instances where he has. But what about like? I think people maybe don't realize enough or talk about enough. You guys have a female CEO, Erica uh, Nardini. Am I saying that right? I, I, yeah. I okay, good. Yep. What is it like yeah, working for her? She just seems like a total badass. Like she seems incredible. She is. And I think not only is she very down to earth, very smart, very approachable, very kind, um, open to, she really is, does a great job of elevating our voices and shouting us out, promoting us. But I mean, I think that it, we don't get enough credit for the fact that we also have a CFO that's a woman. Our oh, CFO really? is our CFO is a woman. Uh, our chief revenue officer is a woman, and our head of talent is a woman. So oh, our yeah. entire C-suite are women. Um, yes. Which you know, and I, I think that just doesn't necessarily fit the narrative of what people want to make Barstool seem like, and so they they don't highlight it because it doesn't it doesn't fit into a clean narrative. And like, that's not going to fit in your 600 word article takedown piece. Sure. Yeah. I think you're totally right. I mean, I think you, that's a common narrative in sports in general, where you can take any statistic and like make it what you want and make it what you don't want it to totally. be. So I, I we always see that with Dak all the time, don't we? Uh, oh, we're going to talk about that. My friend, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Um, speaking of Dak, you're obviously a big Cowboys fan, but you're not, you're not from Texas. You're from the, the PAC Northwest Portland, yeah. I believe. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how you even became to be a part of America's team. So my sister is 10, nine years older and she had a boyfriend. Her and I were very, very close growing up and she had a boyfriend that grew up in Texarkana and they're actually still together at this, at this day. Like they split up and now they're back together. 
and we would watch his team, which was the Cowboys, and that became her team. And I was probably seven, eight at this time. And this was when it was triplets, right? It was Aitman and Emmett, and and you've got like that vibe, that '90s feel. And I didn't have a football team. I mean, I had the Portland Trailblazers, and I was an NBA fan from the time I was really, really little. But it, it was kind of open season. I think at that point in time, the Seahawks weren't very good, if I remember correctly. I'm, I hadn't watched any games. And so it was basically my love of her and her love of him that became this familial event. And, and that was really what started it off. Um, and I think once I got to a quote-unquote journalistic place, you kind of have to repress your fandom. You almost have to, like, squelch it. And it was really nice when I left to be able to just kind of say, hey, these are, these are the teams that I root for. Like, don't at me. I love it. So um, who would be your all-time favorite Cowboys player then? Because, again, like you said, you joined at a great time. So <laughs> I did. I feel yeah, like this I did. A difficult de- de- decision for you. You know, I was thinking about it, though, like for the last hour uh, before you guys called me. And I think, hands down, it has to be Dion. Oh, okay. Okay. It has to be Dion, even though he wasn't a cowboy, you know, forever, I was going to say, he's right? very Charles Haley-esque, like where right. a lot of people mm-hmm. will argue that he, he fully, he was there and he obviously did a lot of winning for this team and he's doing yep. a big impact, but they're like, well, he's also with San Francisco. So like, can and you he, actually- Yeah, he was also with a Falcon. So yeah. was he really a cowboy? He contributed and he got a Super Bowl for the Cowboys. He was a part of a Super Bowl winning team and he played for that franchise and they utilized him. In, in a new way. He was playing on both sides of the ball where he was only playing DB uh, for Atlanta and for San Francisco. Um, he's obviously like stud athletically, special teams player. But to be able to do all the things that he did on the field, I was watching highlights before you guys. I was like, this is just not a question. And <laughs> <on> memory lane. <laughs> yeah, and the swag that he did it with and representing for – his people and his community that it's okay to kind of have that hip hop vibe that the chains and buying chains for his linemen, if he ever got a pick six and all of the things that he embodied, um, that trash talking, uh, it just, it was just a whole, I mean, that's something that you would see in 2020. Yeah. And on top of that, he was playing baseball at the same time. That's larger than life. Yeah. people. That's insane. That. He was playing baseball at the exact same time. I forgot about that too, honestly. He was like Bo Jackson, but continued on. Yeah. It's just, to me, that that makes him one of the most incredible players, period. And then you throw him on the Cowboys, and it's like, I mean, in the way that Jerry went bottom. What was that? I said, how how can you get better than that? That's right, exactly. Star power and then actually having star power. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Star power at star. Crazy. I actually (laughs) love that because – yeah, again, like I mentioned, a lot of people don't give him enough credit, I don't think. Um, but I I love Dion. Like, I love his bravado. He's still around. His son, uh, Junior, actually played at SNU. He's a hysterical social media follow, too, because he regularly calls his son out, and he was like, are you really going to post this picture right now? And, like, he's like, chill out. Like, I bought that car. You know? <laughs> like, it's so awesome. I'm like, it's such, like, big dad energy. I'm like, yes, Dion. Like, tell the son what's up. Um, I like that. I like that too. I mean, I came into my Cowboys fandom. I actually grew up in Kansas City. So like, I, 
I, my parents weren't really big into sports. So this, my Cowboys affinity was when I started working for the team a few years ago. So I was pretty new to the game in comparison to most people, especially you got you and Meg. Yeah. So I would have to go with like guys like, I really loved Des, you know, DeMarcus Ware. Like, DeMarcus Ware to mm. me was so much larger than life. Like, he was probably, outside of Jason Witten, he was one of my first, like, really true, like, star power player experiences where I just was kind of floored when he would walk by. And then watching him, like, run on the field where he would, like, slap the ground. Like, it was just, it was everything and more. And then he had everything to back it up, too. Like, I, I loved DeMarcus Ware. Like, he's incredible. He's incredible. He's still around the team, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we're about to slide into those DMs. So, Demarcus, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> um, so, you also, um, like you mentioned, you write articles and you also do some on-camera stuff for Barstool, and you've done some covering of your team, which again probably is not something that you're used to, being that you couldn't be so outspoken about the fact that you were a fan while you were covering the team. The Jamal right. Adams talk has been something that we've seen in the headlines, um, and just. You know, it's it's kind of like been like a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Like right before the draft, everyone was like, "Well, are they going to trade for him?" And then they were like, "No, maybe they'll just cover that need in the draft." And then it kind of resurfaced a little later, and they're talking about maybe Gallup as a part of that equation. I actually, um, fun fact, side note for you guys, um, I was at a rally on um, uh, a Black Lives Matter rally on Friday uh, with my friend Dave and. We walked by a group. We were socially distant, but we walked by a group, and Jamal Adams was right there. And I was oh, like, "Oh wow, yeah, yeah, he's and, in town, Jerry. He's in town. If you want to come take a look at the star." <laughs> um, but I want to hear your logic and why you think this is just not going to happen. And if it's not going to happen, like, what's your solution for the secondary? Because it feels like it was the one piece of the puzzle that the Cowboys maybe didn't one hundred percent address in the draft and in the offseason. Yeah, help me feel better. <laughs> to, to me, it feels like Jerry is not prioritizing safety. Um, and you could see that with Earl Thomas not showing up when we thought that he might and this Jamal Adams trade not happening and the, the strife that seems to be going back and forth between the Jets organization and the Cowboys organization. And it seems like the Jets just want way too much for Jamal Adams. And my, the way that I feel good is I just think about all the offensive weapons. I really just think, like, okay, we're going to put up 50. How many other teams Morning are going to put up 50? Yeah, like, how many other teams are going to do that? How many other teams have Tony Pollard, Zeke, Blake Jarwin? And then on top of that, you've got three dynamic receivers as well. I just, I just feel better about the offense, and then I feel good – about some of the the new guys that they've drafted. Um, So what do you, what do you guys think? I totally agree with you. I mean, I just think historically, I think you're right. I don't think this Cowboys team in front office has, I'm, I know they have respect for the safety position, but I don't think they've valued it as much as, as some other areas on the team. I think they look at guys in that role as a bit more fluid. You look at like a Byron Jones, he came in as a safety, but they moved him to corner. Like he was kind of a little fluid back and forth there for a minute. There was talk about Reggie Robinson coming in and maybe making the shift over to safety too. So I know they've got um, – I'm going to mess his name up again. Ha-ha Clinton Dix. Um, <laughs> Dude, I'm not joking. Nope. I, I keep saying Clinton ha-ha Dix. <laughs> it's like not – it's so bad. Like he's so famous. It's so unacceptable that I keep like <laughs> messing his name up. It's not even funny. You'll get there eventually. I'll get there. 
anyways, like they obviously brought him in on a one-year deal. Like he's going to come in and like fill that role. I think, you know, that, that Jeff, I think he's more free safety than he is strong safety, but still like, right. I, I don't feel like they, they are that concerned. I think they're really subscribing, especially now with Mike McCarthy in the building about getting the best available players and then right. the scheme fit those guys versus the other way around. There was a possibility that they were going to get safety in this, maybe the first or the second round, but then you have CD that falls and you're not going to pass on him. I still can't get over that. <laughs> That's insane. We did a live stream that night and I had a really, really bad day earlier that day. And I was eating Halo Top and I was just sad. And as the night oh, kept going on, <laughs> I kept getting more and more excited. Like my sadness was falling away and I knew that I was about to get on this live stream with an Eagles fan who really wanted CD. And we got on as the draft pick selection came and I mean, all of my sadness fell away. I, I still don't believe that it's real because then everything else seemed to fall into place as well. Round after round that. after round. It's, it was literally, I, I think everyone had the same reaction as you because we're sitting here thinking that like, we're like, Chase On's going to be the pick. Like, this is right. where it's going. Like, edge rush, rusher. Like, it's a need. It makes sense. Like, we're not sure. Like, if they've, like, clearly been talking to him a lot. Yeah. Like, this is this is what's going to happen. Like, I'm like, this is predictable. They're going to do it. And then they're like, CD Lamb. And then they go and put the cherry on top. And they're like, oh, no. We're going to draft the wide receiver first round. And we're going to give him 88. And I was like, I am, like, beside myself. I'm shook at Yeah with the the gall that the cowboys are showing right now and i'm here yeah. for it like i love it i think it's great i mean you mentioned when, that when's the last time that they've been that aggressive i know? that's what i'm saying i can't think of i can't think of it no like maybe when des yeah like maybe des maybe the last 88 are we always going to say like the it's going to be the trend like the next 88 like that's going to be like <laughs> the, the turning of the guard <laughs> the turning of the guard yeah i like that and and that means for sure des is certainly not having a possibility to get back in that building. Okay. I think the real ones knew that's not happening, but I think Dez kind of it has to feel a little salty. I mean, we talked about this because we actually, we're, we know, we, we kind of connected with his trainer, one of the guys that works with him. And um, when I saw 88 happen, I was like, I, I, I didn't yeah. believe it, first of all. I didn't think that was going to happen. I know he said 10 was the number he wanted. And you know, I've seen numbers like they're not going to give 82 away, even though Witten's on the team. Like, that's not even an option, you know? And like, I just yeah. didn't even, they can't retire every number ever, but I didn't think they'd give it away so soon. And then when they did, I was like, dang, like this is, I, I mean, maybe he comes back with an alternate number for like one year. We're still rallying for one yeah, year. Yeah, I was, I'm still kind of standing out in the rain with my boom box, <laughs> like hoping he comes home to me. <laughs> I mean, just like red zone threat. Yes. Red zone threat. Yeah. I said it before. Like, I said it again. Jump ball. Jump ball Dez. Yes. Yeah. No Achilles. Jump like, ball Dez, no Achilles. Even with no Achilles, Krista, <laughs> you put him in the field and like no defensive coordinator is going to completely ignore him. And I think that's still valid for at least one more season for someone. That is Kelsey's rallying cry, and but I'm fully behind it. Just not <laughs> let me ask you this though. Let me ask you this as people who are in the building. How does Dak and Dez really jive? I mean, in my That's experience, long pause. Uh, yeah, I'm not in the building all the time. I'll be totally honest with you. Like I, but like in my experience with them, like I think it says a lot that they're choosing to work out together outside of outside of work right now, and they're not yep. even on the same team. Yeah, and Drob yep. was saying they look like they're connecting really well. Not that that means anything, but 
it's just nice to hear. Yeah, I'll be yeah. totally honest with you. Like, I'm not buying what everyone's selling when they were saying that Des is a distraction. I'm sure he had his moments, but like that guy cared more about, you know, the team than most people care about anything. And so I think that was a, a lazy narrative that was going around. Totally. Um, totally. I don't, I don't see it. And yeah, I mean, the fact that they're working out together when they don't even, they don't even play together anymore. I mean, they're friends. There's an obvious natural chemistry and it's going to build upon that even more if they were to ever play together on the field at the same time. So, and like, know. there's just receivers across the league that like will throw up the X like four does. Yeah. Like, right. In, in honor. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that says something too. If you ha can have a good relationship throughout the league, like, yeah. And, and like a guy like, like when, when, when Dak and Des kind of had some moments where I don't feel like they, everyone was saying they didn't have chemistry. Like, obviously Jason Witten's going to be the number one target when uh, there's a guy who's a quarterback who's still Gold kind of learning his Witt. way. He's, he's yeah. like, he's the whoopee. Like you can't, you throw to this massive target and he's going like to catch it every time. Cause he's like running into the slot. Like it's, he's, he's mad. Like, it's just, I, I, again, like, I think it's a lazy narrative. So I think <laughs> I said what I said, I said what I said. <laughs> He still has juice in the tank is what I'm trying to say. And someone needs to sign him for a one-year deal. And um, wherever he goes, I'm, I'll be watching him. That's for sure. He's yeah. And he's an amazing follow, too. He's one of those people who always engages respectfully with fans yeah. and with the media. And he'll he'll get back into the banter and get into the weeds with this point. I really like this. I do, too. I hope he gets another, I hope he gets another shot. I think he will. We heard that he was going to, we had some couple workouts lined up. So I'm, I'm hoping that comes to fruition after all of this. Well, it sounds yeah. like everything he's, is lifting He's now. been getting some calls. So yeah. from, from a, a source. From a source. Her source. Um, so source. have you ever been to a Cowboys game? I'm, I'm sure you have. Like you've been a fan forever. Like have you, like what about your Cowboys? You know game? what? I don't know. I don't know that I have, I've been what? to Cowboys Stadium multiple times, but never when the Cowboys were playing because I was working. Really? So, yes, because I had to work. So I've never, I don't think I've been to, no, I don't think I've ever been to a Cowboys game live. So I've been, I've been at Jerry's World like a half, half dozen times for, you know, national championships whenever yeah. they have. The yep. Cowboy Classic that they used to call that when it was the first kickoff game of the year for college football, um, college football playoff, but never to see the Cowboys there. Um, so at Dave, go ahead and send our gal down to DFW, and we're gonna go to a game together. Yeah. That needs to happen. I'm in. I'm super. I'm super in. Okay, so if you're any semblance of a Cowboys fan, I'm gonna go ahead and assume that you have some superstitions. Um, <laughs> my girl Megan, I don't have any yet. But Megan has um, enough for all of us combined. But don't do tell me, Megan. Yeah, it's like <laughs> where are they? Go ahead and buckle up real quick before she goes and lays this on you. Um, I light specific candles <laughs> depending on the quarter um, that we're in. Very seancey kind of. Yeah, like and it has to be like um, there's like specific like a champagne toast by uh, Bath and Body Works is a, a favorite of mine. That's during the third quarter. Okay. Um, and then I definitely changed. I know, wow. Crazy. You, you I already do. <laughs> There's no turning back now. Like, let's keep going. Keep on. I definitely change. Um, like if you could get good juju in an outfit. Yeah. Like, so you keep that up. You wear the exact same thing. I yep. don't wash the Jersey if it has, if it has good juju on it. Like there's a lot of things. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's just that's just the tip. Good for good for good for you. Good for you. I am not that intense. I was like, are you I'll mostly like just I'll be I'll just like turn, almost like turn and not watch things. You know what I mean? I'm one of those. Or I'll if things are going badly, I'll change. Mid game. Yeah. I'll change out of one 100%. Cowboys thing into another. But I don't have any seances <laughs> or anything. When I saw when I saw that uh, the rally cat, I bought the rally cat shirt and I wear that. Yes, you I did. Wear <laughs> I wear that uh, after every like on the Monday after every win. Um, we had a uh, Stephen Coletti from Laguna Beach on, and he puts like a handkerchief on top of a Cowboys football on top of like a candle by his TV. Very fireproof. Yeah. Well, the candle's not lit, but <laughs> okay. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, he sent us he sent us a picture of it. I think he lost his handkerchief though. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean So he gets me. I don't I'm really seance shit. I don't really have a seance or a superstition. I well, I guess I do. Like if the cowboys start losing, uh my I start drinking more. So I feel like that could be kind of a superstition a, a bit ish. I had a superstition during the 2011 World Series where we were taking blue shots every time the uh rangers did good things and we lost so i think i'm just over the shot taking for, for good luck. i, I feel want, that i don't even want to know what nasty liquor you were drinking uh it was at like a divey college bar so it was like <laughs> gross blue carousel oh, and like no. it's like they like, call it like the blue oh, wave no. so it feels it was actually, more sophisticated it was called an anger management shot and oh. it didn't help yeah good 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 oh um oh no the yeah, yeah. i love this oh no is right <laughs> um so i i saw this on on twitter so i'm gonna steal this idea and i'm so sorry i forgot who it was but they had a really great question and we were talking about former cowboys players so if you if you have to take dion out of the equation maybe we'll ask you yep. your second cowboys player which former cowboys player at his prime right now would you put on today's team and why Oh, because Dion would be a great fit. I like. I have to oh say. Oh my God, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. <laughs> like, we need him right now for many reasons. But I was thinking. I mean, because I was thinking about that when I was watching the highlights. Just how versatile he is. Well, one, if you could do Dion, you would trade. Uh, you would trade Michael Gallup for Jamal Adams, and then you would just have Dion play on both sides of the ball. So you'd you'd make that trade. You would just you had you'd make that trade because you had Dion. You would have Dion um, playing receiver as well. Oh, and he plays and he plays special teams. So you wouldn't need that receiver. Dang. You'd immediately become a very complete team. So we just solved the problem. Yep. Dion, Dion needs to come out of retirement. I'm I'm pretty sure he could play right now. I'll be telling totally you like I've seen like Michael Irvin in person, and I'm like I feel like Michael could take a few reps right now. Like I'm not gonna lie, like. It may not be the best, but like it probably be better than some. Yeah. Like Dion, consider it. Consider the offer. I'm just saying. I mean, I might take. Like, he would add something. He would definitely add something. I think I would take an edge rusher because I get like the secondary. I know we need help there. Um, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on our on the offensive side of the ball right now. Personally, like you said, like I'm hoping yeah. that these guys like run the clock out and then they're just putting a million points on the board. So I don't have to worry as much about the defense, but to me, the line is so much more uncertain. Like obviously Alden Smith, like he's having the conversations with the league about what his reinstatement will look like. Randy Gregory. We're not sure. Demarcus Lawrence, obviously he's great. Tyrone Crawford though, like he's on the way out. I mean, I, I hate saying that, but like he kind of is like, it's, you know, it's the back half of his career at the very least. So I feel like we could use 
some reinforcements. So maybe like a Charles Haley. I know I said Demarcus Ware earlier, but like I would take D Ware back right now. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Again. I'm or still Darren now. Woodson. Darren Woodson. Yes. Ooh. That's a good one. That's a really good mm-hmm. one. I mean, I obviously I feel like def- defense is where we're going, where all of our heads yeah. are. Well, I was gonna say Des, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I already or Troy that. or Troy Aikman. Oh, just oh. end this <laughs> end, end this little quarterback controversy for um, good. <laughs> so I love that you segue that because since we have nothing better to talk about in the sports world right now, because there are none of those things. All Dak all day. It's literally all Dak all day. And it's Dak Watch 2020. Dude. It gives us something to look forward to, but like, man, um, I, the conversation. Is it wrong that I want the chaos? Like, I want him to. I really just want him to play on the tag this year. No, I kind of am on that. I'm kind of coming into that camp myself. I'm not gonna lie because, listen, the guy's gonna get paid no matter what. And I, I want to hear your thoughts before I go into my whole spiel. But like, it would definitely make things interesting if he did go and play on the tag this year versus like them signing the deal. For many reasons, but give us like tell the Dak haters or tell just Cowboys fans what's the lay of the land with the Dak situation in your mind and how will or should they handle it? To me, I think that if I was in and I don't want to say anything about I know that I think Dak's camp have, have handled it very well. Todd France from CAA is one of the best in the business, um, so I think they've got that plan um, pretty much locked up. But I would have Dak play on the tag this year. And then now you've got new rights agreements. and He's coming into his own next year. And he's played on the tag, but he's done it with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup taking a step forward and Amari Cooper. And everything's meshing. Um, and I just think he's got, he's got more leverage and more money every second uh, on the table every second that he waits. So if I'm in the t- in the camp for Dak, which I'm always player first, um, I would recommend him pulling the Kirk Cousins route and going as long as he possibly can because eventually the the cap is going to expand by a lot, by like 15% or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's only going to expand how much he makes. And the fact that the Cowboys want him to sign a longer deal than he's willing to accept means that it's gonna. He's he's possibly not going to have the chance to get another deal in his in his prime. So, if you want to have as many possible deals as you can, take the take the tag now. Sign a three year contract at the end of neck uh, of the season, and then you'll be able. You'll be what thirty one, and you'll get a second four or five year contract. So, two things. Do you feel like with the pandemic going on right now that the salary cap will indeed still expand because Obviously, it's based off of a percentage of the league's revenue. And if yep. the league's revenue is largely based on fans being in attendance or it has, has typically been historically that, and it's obviously not going to be that this year, do you think that could impede some of these contract negotiations if that were to indeed hopefully – not hopefully, but potentially impact the salary cap? I think that's, an, I think that's a really intriguing element. Uh, I'm more thinking about it from the standpoint of there'll be more games played. And so they're going to be able to get more TV revenue. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's really hard to determine what the gate is going to look like. Um, I haven't, I'm, I, we obviously don't know what's going to happen, how many games are going to get shifted. If it's going to get delayed, 
delayed. Cities are already starting to open now, so I'm slightly more confident than I was when I wrote this piece, uh, which was back a few weeks ago, um, about football resuming with fans in the stands at some point. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think that has a huge impact, especially for the Cowboys, right? Because a lot of their revenue comes in from, from the gate. Yeah. I think they're one of the largest, largely dependent on that, uh, than any other franchise, I want to say. Yeah, that's right. Outside of the Patriots, they are, they're number one and Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's interesting factor too. We talked about it for as well. I mean, you've got like Mahomes who he's coming off of his fifth year and they're going to start figuring out what to pay him. And people always have this conversation about like the quarterbacks, how you pay them, how much you pay them. But like Mahomes is going to set the market if Dak yeah. doesn't do it. And so, right. And Deshaun. Right. And Deshaun. Yep. right. And so like those two guys, they go out and get paid. So Dak, if they get paid before him, like Dak's going to get paid even more than them, no matter exactly whatever the argument is, if you, whoever you think is better, that's not how it works. That's not no. how it works. And, and then on top of it, the third element that's so interesting to me is like, you mentioned like the three-year deal. There's a lot of like with CAA trying to get him a, a three-year versus a four-year, which is smart because the new TV rights deal comes up for negotiation in 2021, I believe it is. Um, yep. or, and so again, the contracts that the players get are based off of the share of the revenue they get from the league. And they expect the TV rights to increase in price. So more expensive, more money to share, more money for the player. So very player first and lots of like complex things at play. I'm, it's, it's fascinating. I nerd out so hard. Like it's so ridiculous. I love to see it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I just hate that. I just hate the, like you talk about lazy narratives. I hate the lazy narrative that this deal isn't getting done because the Cowboys secretly don't know whether Dak is worth it. No. They they so think he's worth it that they want to lock him up for as long as they possibly can. Yes. That's the issue, is that they are so on board that Dak is the option and Dak is the solution that they want to lock him up longer than he wants to be locked up. He's the one who's like, I, I mean, like, three years is actually what I want. Like, not five. Like, I don't want four. Five and four, but really not having five. And right. so – that, that to me is where ESPN and some, like some of the pundits and obviously the commenters on Twitter who, who hate Dak for just like some random reason, just make it out like they're just going to start Andy, Dal Dolph uh, Andy Dalton and like let Dak go, which is I, not happening. Could, I actually cackled audibly when I was reading headlines about Andy Dalton being pressure for Dak to sign a deal. I was like – Stop it. All of you stop it. Right He's now. like, what? Yeah. Like that just shows though that they have so many teams to care about that they haven't been in the nitty gritty, right? Like when you have to equally cover, like I really only care about what's happening in the NFC East and anything that affects the Cowboys. That's really where like the majority of my lens is. So we can look at those headlines and say, that's lazy. That's just obviously not true. You haven't been paying attention. Like, Cooper Rush was making like $700,000 less than Andy Alton. Like, so, and like, who, who is he? What has he done? Nothing. So you got Andy Dalton who's a pro bowler. So yeah, we'll take him for a little more money. Didn't Cooper Rush even go, he's with the Giants now, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Goodbye. He's a JG's guy. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's so true. Like, it's so true. It's it like it's very Stephen A. Smith-esque, where it's yes. like people that still think Terrence Williams is on the team. Still on the team? Oh, my God. Probably shouldn't be telling us how Dak should do a deal right now and stop being selfish. Like, no. Sit down and Google. Take several seats, sir. Yeah. Google before you speak. <laughs> also, also Emmett Smith being, like, firmly on the Jerry Jones cake and telling everyone that Dak needs to take less uh, to sacrifice for the team when that is obviously what he has not done in yeah. the history of his life as a Cowboy, and he held out twice. You're like, like, just be quiet. Just be quiet. I love Emmett, but, like, don't. You, Emmett. Yeah, you're like, um, I just yeah. – I don't get why you're saying that. Um, he just wants to be spicy. Yeah, he's mad because the salary cap was so much lower back in his day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he looks at Zeke's deal and he's like, oh, my God. I know. He's like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, you do a lightning round on your show. You have some content, awesome content on Barstool. It's Thank Barstool, you. Barstool BFF is one of my new favorites. Um, Meg actually pointed out to me, and it's awesome. So you guys need to tune into that. But we're going to turn your game around on you and do a little lightning round. Are you ready for this? Oh, I, lo I love that. I love it's that. It's lightning round Cowboys edition. So um, some are controversial more so than others, but, like, we'll you'll just take it as it is. Um, all, right. all right. First one up. What record will the Cowboys have this year? Ten and six. Hell, yeah. Hell we're line. on the same page. Who's the best 88? Mm, Earth. Ooh, do they win the burn gauntlet this year? Mm, yes. Oh! <laughs> Factor that into your 10 and 6. Start that Yeah. Seriously. Um, start, cut, bench, or marry. What? <laughs> We're doing it. Start, start, cut, bench, or marry. Okay. Hey, everyone, has pl everyone plays this. <laughs> start, I love this. Aikman, Romo, or Dak. This has always been the rules. No one just, no one knew that, though. Oh. Okay. All right, so so start, cut. Wait, okay, so it's what? It's start, cut, bench, or marry. Okay, start, cut, bench, or marry. Cowboys okay. quarterback edition. All right. <laughs> Are you telling me? No, you're going to tell us. Okay, so start, cut, bench, or marry. So I'm going to start, start Aikman. I'm going to... It's like all just the wait. So for the for the quarterbacks, it's just like all of them, even the ones that were backups. No, this is just Staubach, Aikman, Romo, or Dak. Okay, this is Staubach, Aikman, Romo, Dak. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So, oh man, I know. You think you're so uh, Scooter Magruder really screwed me up with that when he asked me. <laughs> so I hear you. Um, all right. I mean, I keep I I bench Romo. Yep. I marry Dak. Okay. I start. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we're going to do, Tristan? We're going to pull this out and quote. You got to cut. You got to cut. You got to cut Romo. Because oh, he's too injury. Me? You got to cut Romo because he's too it's injury true. prone. It's you, true. you bench Staubach and you start Aikman. Okay, and you only bench Staubach because he's really old and can't play anymore, and that's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yep. Well, the same, same, reason, same reason for Romo because he's just so injury-prone. There's just too much to yeah. deal with here. Yeah, we love you, Nine. 
Um, good answer. Really good way to, way to navigate that. Um, all wow, right. That's hard. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Cowboys quarterback, since we're on the topic, my favorite secondary topic, Cowboys quarterback backup edition. Um, right. You have to pick one to be your playoff guy. And here are your three options. Are you ready? I'm ready. Kyle Orton, Kellen Moore, Jason Garrett. Never forget. <laughs> Kellen Moore. Oh, really? Why? He's, I, I just see him as this offensive mind. I think he's going to know the playbook better than anyone. He's the one that's freaking designing it. And I just remember him burning Oregon at Boise State. So that's the Kellen Moore that I remember. Yeah. You went to Oregon. I That's get it. a good answer. Um, I did. Yeah. saying Kyle Orton. I am saying it. Kyle Orton all day. He's literally Kyle Orton, the God. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> said no one said no one ever. I think I love him so much. Like I'm pretty positive. He would go into the locker room and halftime and shotgun a beer. Like you can't, we can't confirm, but we also can't deny. <laughs> I believe. So it. you're saying like Kyle Orton is the like less Jesus -y Nick Foles. Yes. I like he okay. was the less successful Nick Foles. Could he have done it? Maybe, but he probably would have had to, you know, forego the Miller at halftime. <laughs> but I think I'm just thinking about it. like Chicago. I'm thinking about like Chicago uh, Bears, Kyle Orton. Oh yeah, yeah. So it just it really oh, just no. like, kind of, yeah, it just like kind of tweaks my head a little bit. Yeah, and then he he had a little short stint in Bills Mafia. Yeah. yeah, he's been all over. And you can't say Jason Garrett. He's just done too many bad things recently. You would I, preach it. <laughs> you don't got to tell me twice. <laughs> Everyone's talking about losing followers lately. That would be a great way to lose some followers right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, first player you think of when you see the Cowboys logo? Oh, first person when I – obviously it's – it's hard for me. I don't uh, – well, who was the first person you thought of just now? Aikman. Oh. There you go. That's, yeah, that's good. That was a great answer. You can't go wrong with Aikman. Yeah. Ever. Literally ever. can. He's, all, he's so safe. He is. He really he's is. a safe answer to everyone. Wait, I actually was laughing at your Kellen Moore answer, and I'm going to, like, pause the lightning round and tell a really stupid story, but I'm going to tell it anyways because I'm full of fun. Okay. So when I worked for the team, I worked in marketing, and I also did some media, and I was dating an equipment manager at the time, and – Whoops, sorry guys. Scandalous. Sorry, HR. Scandalous. <laughs> Scandal. <laughs> Such a jersey. Wait, teacher. wait, wait, wait. Isn't that how Romo met his wife though? I mean, she wasn't an equipment manager, but he met her at the start too. He definitely was not an equipment manager. Um, she mm -hmm. yes, she did work for the team in media. So I can mm -hmm. confirm that I did hear that story. I did not yeah. witness it personally, but I think that was what happened. It was a long it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so I, anyways, I was like on the sidelines during pregame and um, all the equipment guys are like out there, like putting, like setting up the field for pregame. And I see this guy out there, like who, who's like in a t-shirt and shorts, like throwing the ball around. Like, and I was like, what is this equipment? Like, who is this equipment kid? Like not working and just like tossing the ball around. Like, who does he think he is? And, like, I'm irritated. Cause like, <sighs> I'm just being like a, a loser, like over aggressive like girlfriend or whatever like I don't know what I was doing yeah. I was out of line. and anyways and I like I like talked to someone I was like who the hell is this guy and what does he think he's doing and like it was Chrissy Scales the sideline reporter and she was like um that's Kellen Moore <laughs> <laughs> and I was like all irritated I'm like who who does this equipment manager think he is like out here like tossing the ball around and I was they're like oh no that's the backup quarterback I'm like oh Got it. Okay, cool. Got it. It's what his job is. Yeah, got it. Got it. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. What, did he just look sort of scrawny to you? Like, you're just like, he just didn't give you that quarterback vibe? He has bigness. Obviously not. Honestly. I'm going to go ahead and be nice and call it unassuming. He's very unassuming. Yeah, he is. Um, But if you went to Oregon, you'd be like, yeah, that's Kellen Moore the God. Kellen Moore the God. He ripped us. He ripped us. God. Um, All right, continuing on. Would you be okay not watching any football this season if it meant the Cowboys would win another Super Bowl? Yes. Oh. um, Yes. What if – what would you do if you knew every time you ordered an alcoholic drink, you cost the Cowboys one win across the rest of your lifetime? That's fine. I don't drink. Oh, perfect. Wow. Yeah. That was even better. Um, last yes. and most, most importantly, did Des catch it? Yes. Hell yeah. Our girl. Of course. Our That's not even a question. Girl. It uh, shouldn't be, and yet. <laughs> here we are. Trista, you have been amazing. Um, you have given us more than enough time on your day off, and we are so grateful. But we want to know – Tell us about your current projects, where people can find your work, where they can follow you, because obviously you're a badass Cowboys fan and everyone needs to She's smash a that follow. follow button. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think uh, when, I mean, when you guys were asking me what the difference was between Barstool and USA Today, I was thinking about the line about Dak. And I said, so if the Cowboys make the playoffs with Mike McCarthy at the helm and Dak puts up insane numbers – due to Kellen Moore's second year running an offense with more toys than I have in my nightstand, then what happens? And I remember thinking, like, I could never say that. More toys <laughs> than I have in my nightstand? Like, could you imagine that happening at USA Today? Anyway, no. find me on barstoolsports.com uh, at Trista, T-R-Y-S-T-A underscore Crick on Twitter. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, projects. We've got that BFF game show. Um, some new things are coming down the pike. There's a new interview series that I'm working on with not only athletes, but entertainers and people uh, in business. It'll be a short form interview video series, more lightning round stuff, kind of like this. That you guys just put me through. <laughs> You're welcome. And old tweets exposed kind of a thing. It's called old claims court. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Where I make people defend their old tweets oh, and then no. we put them in Twitter jail. If they, if <laughs> yeah, if they get if they get put in a, uh, if they get a guilty verdict, we put them in Twitter jail for a That'll couple of days where they're not able to tweet. <laughs> so that's what's coming down. You know how how that is at at Barstool. We tweet like a million times a day, so it'll be silence coming from their account. Wow. Uh, I look so forward. yeah. So that's some of the things coming up down the pipe. Awesome. Cool. Well, you guys heard her. Go ahead and give her a follow on Twitter and Instagram under Trista underscore Crick. Find her work on Barstool. She's amazing. She's a Cowboys fan. You got to give her a follow. Got to give her a listen. Trista, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. And, you know, unlike me, but I don't really have a pun for this one. Um, I just need to tell you, if you're not following her, I don't know what you're doing. Fix it now. She's going to be great, especially during the season. Also, the major takeaway, in conclusion, bring back Dion. I, I'm fully here for that. I just, if you, I, we should have asked her, like, I really feel like we could pull together an all-star, a capable, a, a functional, a functional is the word, all-star team. Because I'm not going to sit here and say that DeMarcus Ware, okay, I can't say that, Charles Haley 
is going to come in and be like the division sack leader. But like, I'm not not saying he couldn't do something. The Doberman. The Dobe. <laughs> the Dobe is in the house. Um, fun conversation with Trista. As you can obviously tell, she's amazing. Not that we have to tell you that anyways. but Yeah, you know now. So You definitely know now. Um, we said it before. Go ahead and give her a follow. Check out all the cool content she's putting out with Barstool. She's at Trista with a Y underscore Crick, K-R-I-C-K, on both Instagram and the Twitter. Um, and if you want to follow us, because you're going to miss us between now and Friday when our next episode comes out, you can do that too. I'm at Kelsey underscore Charles and Meg. At Meg Murray with four R's. But make sure you never miss out on an episode of all Blogging the Boys content by subscribing to Blogging the Boys, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. We are there for you with new episodes of Blogging the Boys every single day. We've got RJ Ochoa. Um, he's got three different shows, I think. I mean, we have it all. A man of many talents. A man of many talents. Um, as we've always told you all, but if you rate and review, it really does help us out too. So we're grateful for you guys tuning in and listening. Um, per usual, if there's something you want to talk about, you want us to talk about, let us know. Find us on Twitter, like we said, and uh, we're happy to have a conversation with you. But we will see you guys on Friday. Never forget, though. Cowboys forever. Eagles for never. Bye, guys. <laughs>